0: The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders, members, and contributors. Every week, your host, CEO of Two Small Men with Big Hearts, Stu Starkey, shines the light on a community to raise awareness of their leaders, members, and contributors. So together, we can create positive impact, inspire change, and help those in need of assistance at a grassroots level. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts.
1: Uh, welcome back to the Community of Big Hearts. Uh, this week I'm here with uh, Janice Moore, who, uh, as usual, I'm really excited to, to chat with our guest this week and, and continues to be a really diverse uh, set of guests we have on the show. Um, Janice is so inspirational uh, for the work that she is doing in her community. Uh, she's taken uh, just a, a little bit of resources and turned it into... Uh, changing hundreds uh, of people's lives. Um, so I, I can't wait to get into the conversation with Janice. Janice, if you don't mind, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the, some of the initiatives you're doing in the community, and then we kind of want to settle on a conversation with uh, your soccer program that you've grown.
2: Perfect. So I used to belong to a group, we were Project Echo, and so we did many things throughout the community, Mm -hmm. lots of volunteer hours, so we spent some time at Silo Mission, we did Thanksgiving dinners there, and then we spent some time at Lighthouse Mission, and we'd provide dinners, and we did barbecues there as well. And we also set up some programs where we were receiving clothing that was coming from different stores throughout the city, and then we mm. were able to distribute that to people in need throughout um, throughout Winnipeg. So lots of winter parkas and boots, and we've done all kinds of different fundraising activities that we um, was bringing money in. We've done um, Sam's Christmas was a big project that we worked on with a team of us from Project Echo, and we started off pretty small. We went for about 10 years and our first year we had about 20 hampers that we distributed throughout the city and then we got all the way up to doing hundreds of Christmas hampers and just lots of people involved helping to make all these different activities happen and all these different events happen.
1: I I just learned about uh, Sam's Christmas uh, not too long ago and uh, my wife and I and now uh, after telling some friends and family about it, we're going to get into it, uh, do a bunch of hampers. Um, working with the coordinator there, so I'm looking forward to getting involved in that one.
2: Yeah, it's something that still goes on today. So it was my good buddy Jeff Fisher that had uh, originally started that. So his story was Sam is actually was his grandfather, mm. and so when his grandfather was living and with Grandma and Grandpa, and they would Grandma would whip up supper, a Christmas dinner, and Grandpa would deliver it to the neighbors. Mm. And so when Jeff's grandfather passed away, Jeff's was going to carry on that legacy. And so he decided that he would do that. And then his idea was like, he did it by himself for a couple of years. And so he and his immediate family would put together to hampers. And then he just sort of thought, well, I bet there's some other people that would help me do this and help get involved. And that's exactly what happened. And we started off with a crew of about 20 volunteers. And our very first year was a little caravan going from house to house delivering hampers throughout the city. And our final year of Project Echo running it uh, we had volunteers coming to pick up the hampers and they would take them out to the community. And it's currently Deb Einerson woods phys ed teacher at Sturgeon in the Heights, that continues the the project. And she's got students involved.
1: She, uh she will likely be a guest on our show. Uh, needs and, to be. yeah. And uh, man, the energy that she has for these yeah. these programs is incredible. Yeah, she's fantastic. And, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Jeff Fisher. I, I was uh, fortunate enough to have a conversation with him recently and we were talking about before we started here. What an amazing guy. Yeah. And we're really hoping to carry on some uh, some of his programs that he was a, a big part of. Yeah. So um, yeah no, that's that's awesome how did you get involved in all these programs and uh, and what inspired you?
2: Uh, well I would have to say that it was due to Jeff He, <laughs> um, so we were um, he had rehabbed my a knee that I had uh, injured and uh, I'd spent some time on a daily basis with him he was fixing my knee for me and we just start having some conversations and I think he just sort of thought that I sounded like I'd be interested in volunteering and doing stuff and he had this plan this idea for Project ECHO and just getting people involved and helping out those in need in the city and I think it started with him having a conversation with his buddies that, you know, life's pretty good and all Mm -hmm. our needs are met and we've got some extra and what can we do to help out in the community? And he rallied people like Deb Einerson Woods and myself. And so we all came from elite performance and that's sort of where we originally connected and met and that's where a lot of the volunteers ended up coming from.
1: Man, was he right with uh, picking you two for uh, (laughs) people to run those programs. Um, And I guess like probably the the athletic and the training background was a good crossover between really taking these programs from start to finish.
2: For sure. Part of that being a team, right? And and that's Deb's background, too, and my background. And uh, Hmm. it just uh, you had a group of people with high energy, uh, just willing to commit, dedicated, right?
1: I want to get into this conversation uh, later about... um, how important the communities are uh, when we start talking the soccer program. Um, and, and one of the things preparing for this conversation was that this quote about um, it, it takes a village to, to raise a kid. And um, uh, we're doing my research on you. Like, I think the village really needs to thank you <laughs> and some of those others for the, the stuff that you guys do for the kids Um tell us a little bit about the um the soccer program that you started
2: so the soccer program wasn't originally my idea it was a a girlfriend of mine had started a similar program at her school and so she was telling me all about it she was the she is the phys ed teacher there and i just thought that's a a gap that i could help fill at my school so i'm a, a school teacher and um I grew up involved in sports, played basketball, volleyball, I got to play soccer at the local community club, and am a big believer in being part of a team is just as important as what you're doing in the classroom. You learn so many great great things about life and getting through life by being on a team, participating in sport. And I went back to, I listened to her and I was like, well, this sounds amazing, and got back to school and sat with a colleague of mine and said like, it's tricky at our school. We're missing some of the resources. Our families don't always have the, the know-how. How do I get signed up? You know, how would I get my child across the city for a game somewhere else? And we kind of thought, like, how can we create a community club-style soccer program here at our school? And my colleague, Chris Heidebrecht, was completely on board, and we were in on this project together. I cannot take sole credit for it, And we just, uh, we kind of, every year it kind of evolves and looks a little bit different. And uh, it's usually focused sort of the grade three, grade four, grade five, grade grade six in that range. Mm -hmm. And we just would sit down every year. We sit down and kind of start, well, what is it going to look like? And how many players are we going to have? And we just kind of map out what's going to work best. Um, Every year we've had about eight teams. And so that means one staff member per team and it's never an issue and it's kind of become the fun thing to be a part of like staff is interested and wants to be part of it and it's a really great way to connect with the kids and so you're you're assigned a team and they're your team for the eight weeks that we play starting as soon as the snow is gone Uh, I I get back to school in September and kids are like, when are we starting soccer? Right? And it's like, "Okay, well, not yet. It's going to be snow. We're going to let the snow go and then we're going to be ready. But so many, it just grows every year. It's grown in numbers of players and it's grown in number of contributors, like people that just are helping out. Um, One of the stories we like to chat about is our very first year. Nobody's out watching the kids, right? And so we'd send home permission forms and forms to fill out that they can be part of the program with a little invitation. Like, parents, you're invited. Guardians, come on out. This is this is what happens at, at sporting events. The families come and we watch. And last year was the first year where my colleague, Mr. Heiderbreck and I kind of stopped after soccer and went, Oh, there were parents cheering today. Like, we've got a crowd. So there's some learning that's taken place not only for the parents but for students as well so not only figuring out how do we play soccer and how do we be good teammates but that first year we also started off with all of a sudden somebody in their soccer jersey was over at the basketball court and it would be like well you're part of the team so you got to be with us okay but I'm not playing right now so I was just going to go ride my bike Right. Oh, no, that's like you're part of our team. So even if you're not on the field, you're still going to be here and you're going to watch and you're going to cheer. So it was a little eye opening for the adults in charge as we're like, OK, those are skills. Those are learnings we don't have yet. So there was lots of teaching, not just rules of the game and sportsmanship, but also like, what do you do as a team member and what does that look like?
1: Sounds like... Um there's been lots of learnings along the way (laughs) to grow this program and and I I can't wait because one of my goals from this conversation is to inspire others or just like someone else to do what you're doing it's um, and I want to talk about the resources and the time it takes and then I want to like really hammer home like how many lives you're affecting by doing this? I loved our conversation we had a few weeks ago about um, um, how it's impacting not just the kids, but the families, the parents. And, and you've really turned this into something that's um, a community affair. It's something that uh, I think I think you said it started with, with 35 kids or 30 kids?
2: Yeah, about 60 maybe in our first year. Okay. And last year we ended the season, I think there were about 120 kids that were playing. Amazing.
1: Yeah, and and it wasn't just 120 kids. It was the parents. Yeah. It was the 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 older kids who got involved. Right. We
2: so we have the grade seven and eights, and they come out and they run the sidelines with flags and call the in and outs. They do. Uh, they help look after snacks that are provided at halftime. They help put equipment away. They help bring equipment out, and they do the refereeing for us. So there's always a, about a dozen grade seven and eights that are involved too.
1: Hmm. What kind of impact do, do you think it's had on the kids um, it, from before the program and then getting this started and and to where it is now? Like, I love the story you told me about the the kids like who are now aged out of the program yeah. and desperately want to be part <laughs> oh, of yeah. it yeah, and mad, uh, right? Yeah, mad, yeah, but They don't get
2: to play anymore. That's yeah. amazing.
1: But but tell me kind of about the evolution of, of getting it started. Um, to, to where you are now in terms of the impact on the kids?
2: The impact on the kids. Well, I, I know that it's something that they look forward to. And it's something that has just kind of become part of the culture at our school too. And I think just as much as the impact on kids, there's the impact on the adults involved as well. And I kind of alluded to that. Like you really start to build that your, your relationship and your bond part of a team as the coach is a little bit different than when you're the, the adult in charge in the classroom. Right. Mm-hmm. So
1: it is up because you have more buy-in from the kids because this is something it's fun. A little more or? fun, Right. Yeah, and yeah. they're
2: there because they want to be there. Right. right. They're there. They're choosing just volunteer. Right. Yeah. It's optional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be part of it. Right. You just sign up if you want to and we will put you on a team. Um, we have since we started been playing boys versus boys and girls versus girls and um, In talks with our um, principal and vice principal at that time when we started and as a staff I think we just sort of felt it allowed the girls to play. It took a little pressure off of them Mm. um, that that the game is a little bit more enjoyable for the girls when they're just on their own playing. Um, I think we attract more girls to play when they know that they're just playing with their own friends and they don't have to worry about playing against the boys. So that's how we have it set up. We generally play Tuesday, um, boys, Tuesday nights, girls, Thursday nights. It's right after school. We have two fields in our backyard, uh, just in the back playground. Mm -hmm. And, uh, even that has kind of gotten a little bit funny where, um, I now phone the board office and, uh, one of our superintendents, assistant superintendents, had been my phys ed teacher mm. when I was in high school. So I send her a quick note and remind her that it's uh, soccer season's coming up. So she gets the guys, the crew out from Norbury, and they come and paint all the lines mm. for us on the on the fields. And uh, I just had a crew come out. I had our custodian get the, uh, the goalposts rotated because we'd mm. worn out there wasn't any grass underneath the goals anymore so our goalies were getting all scratched up and it was all muddy so we've got the the fields rotated for this upcoming season and we're getting ready for it and we share one of our fields is part of um it's city property okay. and uh, one of the local community clubs like our one of the local community teams it's kind of their soccer property. So I have a contact there and I let them know when the nets are kind of, the mesh is falling apart. And so they'll come and fix that up for us. Huh. And yeah, and we get um, different staff, our uh, phys ed coordinator from the division. He often pops in to check out on, check in on soccer. And
1: What what kind of, so we're talking about, um, you know, property and some of the, 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 the school help that you're getting. What kind of resources, um, did you start with um from the outside or or and from your school and and how is that different from now
2: yeah so it's come a long way when we first started uh our principal at the time ordered t-shirts so we had a set of yellow t-shirts a set and just plain t-shirts nothing Mm -hmm. on them and that was our original that was our first year and then moving on Um, through Project Echo and just in having conversations and talking about what was going on at school. uh, I guess it got the attention of uh, Rob Crowley and Jay Mm. Crowley, also big supporters of uh, Project Echo. And Rob Crowley, through his Canadian Tire store, got us in touch with the Canadian Tire Jumpstart program. And so we have full out soccer kits. So we've got the uh, I Play for Canada Jumpstart jerseys and shorts and um, I had also put in a, He's pretty much said tell me what you want and if I can make it happen I'll make it happen and so at that time I'd put in a sat with colleagues and we put in a little wish list like we, we wanted a couple of game balls and oh some soccer gloves for the goalies might be kind of cool and so we started to collect these little bits of uh, bits of equipment and so now uh, we originally started with Pylons that were the fields. And so now, right, I just mentioned we've got the crew mm. comes out and lines the fields for us. So the goal was to make it look like you were playing community club soccer. Right. And that is the point that we are at now. So official looking fields, um, the jerseys, the shorts, we have shin pads that the kids can wear. Mm. And then uh, Jay Crowley every year. Oh, for the last five or six years has, um, provided each of our players with a new pair of running shoes. And so I get an email from him at this time of year, every year that says, I'm in, tell me what sizes you need. I will make this happen. So I don't even have to tell kids what's happening anymore. I kind of show up at their classroom door and I just kind of wave them out And they know at this time of the year when I tell them I need to know what size their shoe is, they know exactly why I'm doing that. And uh, yeah, so come January, the kids are already thinking and talking soccer because I'm busy getting shoe sizes and then I submit that to Jay and then he shows up just before spring break and has a truck full of shoes and uh, it's amazing. I, I,
1: I just want to say, um, sorry, Robin Jay. Uh, I know you guys don't <laughs> like taking credit for the things that you guys do. Um, Jay's my father-in-law and, and he does a lot for the community that I've been in the f- family for a long time. And, um, I continually learn new things yeah. that, that he's doing, uh, for initiatives and he likes yeah. to, to keep that to himself. I told him on the way out today that, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to talk about this because it's in the news, it's public knowledge. <laughs> um, and, and Rob, um, who c- connected me with you, was like a second father growing up, and um, I, I just learned today uh, that he's out there uh, every week um, uh, supporting the, the soccer that oh, you guys are doing.
2: Yeah, they're there, they're watching. Mm-hmm. and. The kids know who they are, and the rest of the staff knows who they are. That's Absolutely, right. yeah. And so Rob's uh, business, his company, they uh, one of his employees, so sometimes it's uh, Jennifer or sometimes it's Jamie, right. um, they come every game night, and they're dropping off snacks. So the kids all get an apple, a granola bar, um,
1: yeah. I, I, I've known him forever, yeah. and I had no idea. That's how secretive he <laughs> is about the stuff and, and how of a much of a big heart yeah. that he has for this kind of initiative. I told him about this podcast, and he's been a driving force behind um, supporting me, encouraging me, and, uh, and and getting guests like yourself uh, for the show. So um, he, he's a, a big part of this in both of our lives, yeah. it sounds like.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Um,
1: so um, going back to, to starting this out, like, is it a big difference between um, where you guys started, and, you know just a little bit of resources, and getting this going to where you guys are now? Really, what I want to determine is like, can we inspire anybody else to do what you're doing in the community? It it sounds like it didn't take much. It sounds didn't. like a, a couple, uh, a few T-shirts yep. and some pylons, and, and we would have been
2: fine. Like like soccer program would have gone on, and we could have played it with our T-shirts. And that would have been fine. And our kids would have been just as happy with that because all they want to do is play. It was us. It was myself and Chris Heidebrecht that have played sports and you get to wear the jersey. And wearing the jersey is so important, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's when... You, so if you ever had a chance, the coolest day is the first day of of soccer club, of soccer league, because that's the day all the kids have put their new shoes on and they have their matching jerseys and shorts and the spring in their step like kids are ripping around the gym hmm. and just so excited and for some of our kids that's the first time they've had a brand new pair of shoes that have come to them in a shoebox. box wow. right that is a new experience for some of our kids where it's not a hand-me-down pair of runners this is for you. And so what we do is after every game, the shoes go back into the shoebox and then they go back with your team's supplies. So jerseys and shorts, all that kind of stuff gets washed. That's part of my job. I, right. I'm the <laughs> I'm the laundry person. But we, your name is on your shoebox and they get either stored in your coach's room or wherever there's space for in the school, right? And they just stay there. They are special and important for soccer. And then once soccer is over, you've got to pair of runners to just carry on with the rest of your summer
0: Hmm.
2: yeah
1: Yeah, that's so awesome to see it's almost like a christmas yeah every year when you get the kids going
2: it's pretty fun to watch it's like everybody's running around the gym and just bouncing and jumping and checking everything out it's pretty fun
1: Hmm. one of the things that really um uh, struck me about our conversation a few weeks ago was um your school um, and, and I'll, I'll say the name we can edit it out yeah. if that's uh, not okay but St. George's is yeah. is quite multicultural very yeah and significant percentage I think it was like 65% first to Canada yeah newcomers
2: uh, newcomers sure, yeah. to
1: Canada yeah. um, and so you were telling me um, how great this is for integration of, of those families um, love to hear a little bit more about that um, it, how impactful it was to get them involved. And then uh, we'll take the conversation from there.
2: Well, one of the things also part of the, um, I think there's over 35 different languages spoken at my school too. We were just talking about that the other day. Like it's, it's amazing. We're from all over the world. Like you name the country, we represent it. There's somebody in our building that represents it. Soccer is such an international sport, Right. right? So it's been a beautiful way to bring, all the different cultures together because everybody plays soccer regardless of where they've come from, they've played soccer. And so all of our kids might not be able to speak English, but they can all speak soccer. Right, And so that's been one really nice impact that can bring the kids together. And so you might look at each other all day and go, well, you dress differently than me and you speak differently than me oh, but we have something in common, even though we're from different places and we have different backgrounds. We all know how to play soccer. So that's been a really nice piece that brings, and hopefully brings the families together too, right? Because the families know soccer. Soccer's, soccer's worldwide.
1: Right. And and supporting their kids yeah. is something they can get passionate about. And I remember you telling me that they um, started out for the first few years where it was, just the kids getting really passionate about it. And, and the incredible thing that I took from it was that you've now started to get the parents yeah. <laughs> involved and, um, and, and integrating into the community yeah. through your soccer league.
2: Yeah. Well, and so one of the stories I should share with you last year was the first time where we've had a parent who really got involved with a team and without having been asked Hmm. Um, we so kind of just watched her and it was her daughter that was playing on a team and she was handing out jerseys to her daughter's team and we were sort of deciding whether you know this was if this is the route we wanted to take or not and we just kind of watched her and we were like no this is beautiful like this is this is what we want and so she showed up every game and almost kind of mirrored what the coach was doing Hmm. right and would sort of the same phrases and and kind of became a coach herself almost like an assistant coach on the team would help the girls get their shoes on and that was the first time that's happened too so last year we had all these little celebrations whether it was like oh that's the first time we've heard parents cheering and this was the first time that the parents visually made an impact where it wasn't just you know a dad was standing over there and a mom was sitting it was like there were groups of people Crowds, small crowds <laughs> mm-hmm. gathered around mm-hmm. the games. And so that's that's been great. And this mom that kind of took on this role, and it was like, no, but that's that's what moms and dads do. They volunteer mm-hmm. to coach their kids' teams. And this was fantastic. And she did a beautiful job. And I hope she's back this year, right? right. Sh- <laughs> sounds like she will be. And maybe we give her yeah. her own team, because right. how cool would that be? Huh.
1: That uh, s- sounds like... Um this this league that you guys have created is is um, doing a lot for the kids, and now doing a lot for the families. Integrating, um, I, I want to make sure. It, like talking with you today, I can you just like ooze energy and passion for this project. Um, I would love to know what you've learned through this process, and like um, and, and what keeps you coming back. Why this is so? I assume gives you energy and. Um, and maybe what you've learned from the international demographics that have come together for this this community.
2: Well, I think what makes it easy for me to keep doing, and it's not just me. There's a team of people. Mm-hmm. Like there's, and like I mentioned earlier, like if we've got eight teams, that means we have a combination of uh, either teacher candidates that are um, come from the university that are working on their education degree so we've had student teachers that have volunteered so whether it's them or staff members everybody's pitching in everybody's helping so it's certainly not something that I do on my own there's definitely a team but and that's what that's what keeps it going I think I like initiating it because I, I think the other staff thinks it's fun they're interested in it and then just when you have people like Rob and like Jay who are supportive of it like how would I say no right Jay's willing to get runners for 150 kids, like right. why would I not make a couple of teams? Like it would be silly not to because there are so many other people supporting it and in such big ways.
1: Right, that's that's amazing, and uh, and I, I can understand how that would give you energy so it and, makes, and yeah, yeah,
2: I keep going. Yeah. <laughs> the Crowley brothers make me keep going. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Well, one of the last things I want to touch on is, um, I, I would love to get kind of the blueprint from you after this, on you know how you started it and how you keep it going, because one of my goals is I've seen how much impact that you do, and I would love to try and see if if we can start another one of these somewhere. Um, so after I, I'd love to pick your brain on that for sure. Um, and uh, Ryan, anything else? That, we we should hit while we're while we're here
0: one thing I'd like to ask you Janice is the the stories from the kids yourself you know whenever companies are making investment into certain communities they want to see what the impact is of that what kind of impact have you seen from the kids like kids that have gone through the program like you know uh, a year later what kind of confidence is this built for them help us understand kind of from their perspective what kind of growth how are you contributing to them in the end? Like, how, how, how is this impacting them? I'd love to hear more about that.
2: Yeah, sure. I think the biggest piece is it provides a sense of belonging. Mm. So for oh. kids that are feeling like they need to make a connection or connect with somebody, this is one way to do that, right? If you're on the yellow team, you're wearing your yellow jersey like it's the coolest jersey in the world. And it connects kids across grades. So it's not just grade fives on one team, it's it's a mix of grades. So there's some connections that way. But I think the biggest impact is it creates a sense of belonging, right? It's about community building. And so we have a soccer community, and then within that soccer community, you have your own team community. And so we get together. So soccer league runs for eight weeks. And prior to any playing of soccer, we get together and we go through the circle of courage with our Mm -hmm. our teams so you meet as the head coach you meet with your team up in a classroom and everybody gets to see who's on their team Uh, we do like a big everybody's in the gym first and then there's a big sort of like announce of who's on whose team and yeah you're on the red team and here's your coach and then we head off to our own meeting spots and we go through all those things like and that's one of the how we've evolved a little bit from the first year right where we just thought well the kids are going to know that if you're you just sit you just stay with your team like everybody knows that and then it was a learning experience for us like oh our kids don't know that yet so oh,
1: I, I just I just I got going? I got goosebumps when you <laughs> said the word belonging yeah and how well, that's most important I
2: was talking about sorry
1: we've We've talked about belonging uh, unintentionally in yeah. most of our podcasts yeah. here, and the research I did leading up to doing this, this podcast was that it kept coming up that um, the opposite of loneliness is belonging. For sure. Um, yeah. and, and loneliness um, can be or is as harmful uh, as an adult, as, yeah. as being, an, being an alcoholic, um, and is twice as harmful as being obese. That's that's the research yeah, that's wow. shown, and um, so the opposite is belonging, and that's what we really want to create. That's what's free, yeah. In, in this world, is just doing uh, the creating communities like yourself uh, that you're doing here, and creating that sense of belonging is so impactful. So, um, thank you for doing that, Janice. Is there anything that that we can do for? Um, you or your program uh, at at St. George's?
2: Well I think if there's anything that people could do um, something great would just be looking at starting a program of any sport or of any kind uh, for kids in their community just thinking looking for what are the gaps right what Mm. what is it that's missing for the kids what can you provide that will give them that same sense of belonging.
1: Perfect. I was hoping you'd say that. And uh, we'll love to talk to you uh, after this to see what we can do to to help there. Perfect. Um, Thank you so much, Janice, uh, for your your time here. It's so inspirational. and, And thanks for tuning in, guys.
0: Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Community of Big Hearts with Stu Starkey. If you know someone in your community who is a leader doing great things and driving change a contributor who is on a passionate mission to help their community through a nonprofit or a foundation or a community member, just doing their part to make their community a better place. Please send Stu an email and let him know. and Maybe they can be featured on a future episode of the community of big hearts. You can email Stu at Stu at twosmallmen.com. Again, that's Stu at twosmallmen.com. Thank you again for listening.